Hi, everybody. This is Floyd Miles. All day, every day. Yeah. So, are you here? Well, let me say, welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs> oh, some intro, huh? And welcome to the year 2024. Hey, we got an interview from our archives with the late and legendary Floyd Miles. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miles was a very special guest back in our early radio days. In fact, Floyd Miles was the guest on the episode celebrating the anniversary of four years since our inaugural broadcast. That means this originally aired in October 2007. It's been preserved on compact disc. You know, CD. But now it's our honor to bring it to you. Floyd Miles was a man known for his voice and his soul as much as his sunny personality. Floyd recorded and performed with the likes of James Brown, The Drifters, Rufus Thomas, Sam and Dave, Rude Boy Slim, Lucky Peterson, Alex Taylor, and... Many, many of you saw him on the road with Greg Allman and friends. You never heard a voice quite like Floyd Miles. In fact, it was he who taught Greg Allman to sing. You know, it is our great pleasure to present interviews like this that you just can't get anywhere else. Be sure and subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel. And if you would, click the like, thumbs up, on the Paul Leslie Hour on Facebook. It's the best way to keep up with all this priceless content. It's here for you. And now I think it's time we hear the interview with one of the great American singers, Floyd Miles. We're welcoming the legendary Floyd Miles on the program today. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. My pleasure. Mr. Miles, I was reading some of your history, and I was very intrigued in this with the story on how you started in music. And I was wondering if you could tell the listeners about how it all began. Well, I come from a family of uh, 11 boys, 11 kids, I mean, and uh, there wasn't a lot of money, you know, so my mother was a single parent. So I did quite a few things to make the living when I got of age to work. But I started singing. I love the music anyway, but I really started singing to get in the... My nephew and I was doing a little singing together, and there was an adult party. We wanted to attend, but they wouldn't let us, so we we asked them to could we sing to get in, and they let us sing and pass the hat for pay and also fed us. They had shrimp, and we could smell them, and we got in and sang for them, and that was our way of getting in, and we started singing, and said, this sounds like a way to go. And then later on, we got involved with the Bob Greenlee, a friend of mine, became a record producer and, and owned a record company and a record label, and signed me with the with Ichabon out of Atlanta, Georgia, my first record. And went on from there. Then he started his label, which is King Snake. Growing up, what types of music did you listen to? Well, I really liked all, most of all the types of music. But my favorite was, you know, R&B back then. That was mostly what I could hear. 
on the stations I listened to, Don Albrecht, and and then the Beatles came out, and I liked the Beatles. I liked, uh, it was, I mean, there wasn't a lot of music I didn't like, except for opera. I couldn't learn much from opera, but most of it I could learn something from, you know, so I'd listen to it and get something out of it. But my favorite was R&B, blues, stuff like that, that my mother played around the house. And where were you born? I was born in 1943 in Daytona Beach, April 13th. And you you currently live in Daytona Beach, correct? Yes, I've been here for 64 years. I've lived in other cities monthly, you know, like I moved out to California with Gregory for about three months when he was out in the West Coast. And uh, I lived in Georgia for about a year. But Daytona Beach has been my favorite and been my home for, and I imagine now it will always be my home. <laughs> the way I feel now, I don't think I'll ever leave. I was reading the story about how you began playing the drums, and I was hoping you could tell us the story behind that. Well, a friend of mine, uh, well, I always did like oh. drums too, but I couldn't afford any. But and I played bass drum in school. A friend of mine uh, let me borrow his bass drum, and I was always interested in beats, you know, and playing. But I couldn't, I didn't have my own equipment, so I was just singing and. Uh, I sang at this place called Ocean Pier, and down below at the foot of it, entrance at the pier, there was a club called the Surf Bar, and a group played there by the name of the Universal, and the band leader was by the name of Lindsey Morris. And he knew that I liked playing drums because in between rehearsals, I would sit on the drummer's drums and play and mess around with them, and he noticed that when he came up to see us rehearse. His drummer was a singer, and and drummer, you know, his, his drummer sang and played drums, and he left the group. So Lindsay asked me to join the group, and I advised him I wasn't a drummer. He said, "Well, I've seen you play, and uh, I can teach you to play drums. You already sing, and I want to sing in drummer, so I'll I'll teach you to play drums." So he got me a set of drums, a piece to gather some drums for me, and Smith. Uh, and I started playing. They taught me the backbeat, the boss note with shuffle and waltz and, you know, that type of stuff. And I, I learned to play on the job <laughs> at the surf bar. There, I don't know if the club is still in existence, but there was a club called the Ocean Pier. Yeah, that's where I was playing at when I started playing with Lindsay Morris. I left there to come play with him. That's where I started playing professionally at when I got first got paid for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's called Ocean Pier and it's at, it's right on the main in the main street and it's a big dance hall there and it's a fishing pier and it's connected and the guy would have dances in the hall because there wasn't nothing else going on too much. And so we'd perform there uh, sometime weekly in the summertime, nightly and weekends, but uh, off season, we would just do weekends, but in the summertime, school breaks, college kids come to Daytona, and we would play every night at the old pier. And that's where you first met Greg Allman and Dwayne Allman, right? Yeah, yeah Dwayne Allman, I met yeah, exactly right at the Ocean Pier with the guy in our band. We had a band, Bob Green, the former band, the House Rockers, and we had an all black singing group which was the Untills. And in the band there, Jim Shepley played guitar, and he was a friend of Dwayne. He introduced us to Dwayne, and Dwayne ended up playing with us. 
So that's where I met Dwayne Allman and Greg Allman at the pier. One of my favorite artists is Clarence Carter. And yeah, I worked with Clarence for a while. That was just a, I was in Macon, Georgia doing sessions with the Capricorn and Roger Redding, the manager of Clarence Carter's road manager. And he heard me recording in the, the ex producer by the, at that time was Johnny Sandlin. He asked Johnny who was playing the drums and uh, singing, and he said Floyd Miles. So he came by to hear me record and asked me to play drums with him, Clarence Carter. And I realized that I sang. Clarence heard me one night singing in the car and asked me to uh, start it, you know, to learn some songs uh, to uh, open up for him in the band, you know. So I played with Clarence for a while until he got ready to go to Europe, and I was doing a record at Capricorn, and I was told to come home and form a band because my record was coming out and get it all together, but it didn't happen, so that's when I left Clarence Carter. It looks like who's who, the music of the last 40 years, all the people you've played with. I was hoping you could tell us, out of all the people you've played with and recorded with, is there any in particular that stands out in your mind as a particularly memorable experience? Well, yeah, let me say that yeah, Mouse Carter and all those people I played with, uh, Roger Redding also had a booking agency that his brother was involved with, and uh, he booked those people, and a lot of those people that I played with was his artist. And I played with, a, you know, that was that made it easier for me to get those gigs with those people. But I like, I really dug Doug Mouse Carter. He's blind, you know, and he's, you don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse, you know. <laughs> and he's a great person, easygoing, you know. Just amazed me every night to watch him play and watch him get around and deal with life, you know. And he's funny, you know, he had a sense of humor. I, I could say I really dug Doug Clowns. He's, you know, he's one of my favorites. And you've been touring with Greg Allman and Friends. Yeah, Greg, I guess, as you know, we grew up together. You know, I uh, met him back in, well, uh, well about 40-some years ago. Been married 44 years, and I met Gregory the um, time I met my wife. And, uh, you know, we kind of been hanging out together. He sings on all my records. First got my record deal, He, I called him and asked him about it, and he said, well, go for it, and hang down and record it with him. And so that's been like uh, four records, four albums ago, and he's been on all of them. Actually, five. So, I've been touring with him uh, on my off days, and it's been fun. In fact, we're starting to go on a tour now, and uh, we started October, I think, uh, October, whatever, I think we started. What is it that you think it is about Greg's music that draws so many people to him? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. I so, You know, in my mind, I always look at him, and he, and I think about Elvis when I see him. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, you know, a personality like nobody else that I know. He's gentleman. He's gentle. He's talented. Nice looking guy. He's curious. You know, I mean, he's a great person to have as a friend. He's just a, you know, he's a, I don't know. I think the people could see that and hear that in his music, you know, and plus he's been, 
open with his life. You know, they know about him. And, you know, you know, he's been through some things, and he's like this name is Greg Allman. He's the Allman. He's really, you know, he's hung in there and survived and came back, and he loves what he does. And I think most people can hear it and see it. You know, he's one of the rare artists that I. I mean, I'd like to pattern myself after him if I ever got to that status. You know, he's always got time for his fans. He's, you know, you know, you never know he was a celebrity if you didn't, if you didn't, you know, somebody, you know, didn't know. For me, I don't look at him like that because, you know, we're friends. But to see him around other people, then I realize he's a celebrity. And but you never know if you didn't, you know, didn't know him, didn't know his music. He's just. To me, he's just a gentleman and a nice guy. But a lot of people, I mean, you know, I think can relate to some of the stuff that he says in his song. I really don't know why he's, you know, why he's, uh, his music has hung in there so long. But I tell you, I listened to him sing for the last 40 some years and I can dig him. I can dig and listen to him every night, you know. So maybe that's just his voice. I guess it's something that you want. You don't hear many people trying to imitate him. Though. He has a unique voice. Overall, I imagine it's just his talent. He's a great poet. Why people love the music and why he's been around so long. On your, on your solo albums, I was wondering if there's any song in particular that has a special meaning for you. I don't know whether you've heard Old Mary or not, but that song is, uh, I don't normally re- write songs, you know, real deep because, uh, I am I'm such a, you know, I'm really a happy-go-lucky person, but I try to write about what I've seen and what I've experienced. And, you know, I just, you know, I, but to answer your question, I think Old Mary is one of the, one of my deepest songs that, for meanings that lived and come out of, you know, experience. When someone is either listening to one of your records or they're at a concert and they're, they're, out there having a good time and enjoying themselves. I was wondering, out of your music, whether it's just listening to it or actually going to a performance, what is it that you hope that folks get out of out of seeing you or hearing you? Well, I, you know, when I go out playing, that's one time that I really forget all my problems, forget all about, you know, things that I... You know, the good experiences, the bad, you know, the negative, the positive. You know, when I'm on that stage, my arthritis is not bothering me. I feel great. You know, I'm looking at people, making them happy. I think that making people happy is what I really, you know, want to walk away thinking that it made somebody feel like I did. forgot about all the problems, you know, and everybody got them, you know. And I think people want to have fun and forget about all that. When they come to a concert, they want you to entertain them. And that's what I try to do. I try to give them something that will help them forget about all the negative stuff and just have a good hour and a half of just, you know, enjoying themselves. When you're not doing music, what do you enjoy doing with your time? Well, I enjoy life. I enjoy the little things, man. You know, I enjoy, you know, cooking on the grill or Calling some friends, you know, doing a little prank on them, uh, checking on my family and saying, calling them and telling them I love them because, uh, I realized that, you know, we're not going to all be here. And so I always, you know, I just enjoy people and I love life. And I just, you know, I just try not to take nothing for granted, you know, just try to, uh, try to be good and 
good a person as I can and try to help as many people as I can and do the best I can. And I'm raising a little granddaughter now that, you know, really has given my life from a lot of meeting, you know, new life. She's six years old. So I have a, I just like enjoy life, man. Just little things, you know, I go to Walmart and I, you know, hang out and look around, you know, the superstores and, you know, I go and I, I help, help older people, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, and help people do things that they can't do. Or, you know, just, just little things, just in life, just enjoying life. That's what I like to do when I'm not on the road. This broadcast is going to be sent out all over the world. So my last question for you, I was wondering what you would like to say to the world. Well, I think I'd like to say, well, number one, take care of yourself, you know. And number two, try to take care of somebody else, too. Well, Mr. Miles, I thank you so much for giving us this interview. And I look forward to seeing you in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. I guess that's next week. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll leave next Tuesday. And then I'll think we play uh, next next Saturday, Friday, Saturday. I don't have that theater in front of me, but uh, I think you're right. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it, and I thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song, courtesy of John Premerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good. <laughs>